And so I ask you in the name of Jesus to hear our prayer in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Give these families a hand. All right, before I read the names of the high school seniors, I'd like to call out the names of the college graduates and some from beyond there um, who, who we were able to get their information for this morning. If, if there's a college graduate that we don't read your information this morning, uh, please send us that information and we'll put it in the bulletin uh, for next week so we can at least make sure everybody is aware of that. Uh, if I call your name, college graduate, uh, stand, and I also would like the... Uh, the families of those that are with them. So if you're a grandparent of somebody that's standing, I'd like you to stand with them so we can see that. Austin Joyner graduated from University of Louisiana Monroe with a Bachelor of Science in Construction Management. All right. Mason Adam, the son of... of Tim and Kim Adam graduated from the United States Military Academy, West Point, um, with a degree in computer science. And I did not write down Doyle and Sandra Joyner. You saw them staying with them, but Austin's parents, Doyle and Sandra Joyner. Okay, next, Chris Williams is the son of David and Tanya Williams, and... Um, he is graduating with a Bachelor of Arts in History from Louisiana College. Sarah Morgan is the daughter of Melvin Loretta Morgan, and she is graduating from Northwestern State University with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Technically, that was December, and she's been working since, so that's, that's always good for parents. Uh, Landon Lingenfelter is the son of Dale and Jill Lingenfelter. He's graduated from Louisiana College with a Bachelor of Science in Biology. <laughs> Dallin Berthelow is the son of Morris and Tanya Berthelow. And he is graduated from Louisiana College with a Bachelor of Arts in the Social Studies Education. Andrew Forrester, he's the son of Dr. Jonathan and Cheryl Forrester. He's graduating from Louisiana College with a, with a Bachelor of Arts in Christian Studies. All right. We have Megan Duffy. She is the daughter of Sherry Duffy and Brad Duffy. She's graduating from Louisiana State University with a Master's of Social Work. And Trent Guillory is the son of Derek and Debbie Guillory. He's graduating from the University of Louisiana uh, Lafayette with a degree of Bachelor's of Science in Computer Science. And Ethan Maynor is the son of Jerry and Kelly Maynor. He's graduating from Louisiana State University. Yeah. 
And for many of those college graduates, they are, uh, have already started their jobs, have already uh, received um, employment, or they're going off to uh, pursue education further than that. So we're excited for them, and we'll pray for uh, all of our graduates in a moment. Okay? High school graduates, we stand. Okay. Paige Lennon Adam. Paige is the daughter of Tim and Kim Adam. She's a graduate of Tioga High School and plans to attend Louisiana State University in Alexandria. Paige Adam. <laughs> Faith Elizabeth Corley. Faith is the daughter of David and Michelle Corley. She's a graduate of Tioga High School and plans to attend Louisiana Tech University and pursue a degree in chemical engineering. Faith Corley. <laughs> Ethan Michael Dalmy. Ethan is the son of Paul and Julie Arnold and Michael Dalmy. He is a graduate of Pineville High School and plans to attend Louisiana College and major in music and worship leadership. Ethan Dalmy. Caitlin Danielle Ingen. Caitlin is the daughter of Wayne and Prudence Ingen. She's a graduate of Tioga High School and plans to attend Louisiana Tech University and major in accounting and minor in cybersecurity. Caitlin Ingen. Justin Daniel King. Jay is the son of Wilson Charity King. He's a graduate of the King Academy and plans to attend Central Louisiana Technical Community College and pursue a degree in air conditioning refrigeration. Jay King. <laughs> Noah Bennett Miller. Noah is the son of Marilla Miller and Christopher Miller. He is a graduate of Pineville High School and plans to attend Northwestern State University and pursue a degree in psychology. Noah Miller. <laughs> Jacob Marshall Pollock. Jacob is the son of Clint and Liz Pollock. He is a graduate of the Pollock Academy and plans to attend Northwestern State University and major in nursing. Jacob Pollock. Gretchen Elizabeth Spear. Gretchen is the daughter of Scott and Donna Spear. She's a graduate of Pineville High School and plans to attend Northwestern State University and pursue a degree in marine biology. Gretchen Spear. Haley Leanne Fields. Haley is the daughter of Scott and Pepper Fields. She's a graduate of Pineville High School and plans to attend Louisiana College and pursue a degree in vocal music education. Haley Fields. <laughs> Stuart Evan Thornhill. Evan is the son of Stuart and Becky Thornhill. He's a graduate of Tioga High School and plans to attend Northwestern State University and pursue a degree in engineering technologies. Evan Thornhill. 
and Sarah Beth Williams. Sarah Beth is the daughter of Janice Roberts and Ward Williams. She's a graduate of Tioga High School and plans to attend Louisiana State University in Alexandria to pursue a nursing degree. Sarah Beth Williams. We have one more who's not able to be with us here this morning, but she sent her information in, so we want to recognize her, and Grace's pictures were up earlier. Sarah Grace Wells. Grace is the daughter of Emmett and Betty Wells. She's a graduate of the Louisiana School for Math, Science, and the Arts. She plans to attend the University of Louisiana Lafayette and double major in Earth Science and Geography. Grace Wells. I'm going to ask if Andrew would come and pray for our graduating class this year. Um, and then after Andrew is done praying, the uh, graduates want to recognize their mothers um, as they're going back to their seats. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for these graduates, both college and high school. Um, Lord, we thank you how you have prepared them in your word through um, here at Kingsville Baptist Church, through the families that have poured into them, through their friends who, who have loved them. Um, Lord, we are incredibly thankful. And, and we know that um, you, you are sending all of us graduates out, Lord, as arrows into the world. Um, Lord, Lord, maybe here in town, um, Lord, maybe in, in different states, but you are sending us to go and be um, carriers of your gospel to to um, those who do not know, those who have not heard. Lord, so I pray that you would do that. Uh, encourage these um, students uh, as they go out into um, maybe more school or the, the working world, Lord. I pray that you would ground them in your word, that they would daily cherish it as, um, um, Lord, as the uh, psalmist does in, in Psalm 1, how he is rooted and grounded in your word, firm throughout the storms and temptations of life. And Lord Jesus, would you um, bring them um, other church families um, that, that will love them, that will care for them, that will show them the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and pour into their hearts. Um, Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing here. And um, in your name we pray. Boys and girls, if you'll come on down, we're going to um, have a different children's message, children's time today. Um, what we want you to do in just a moment, we're going to watch a video. But what I want uh, the moms to do right now is if moms would stand. And uh, when you get your flower from your child, if you will sit down just for a moment and enjoy the video. Um, if your child is not, if you have a bigger child than this, you're still going to get a flower. Uh, we want you to just remain standing until that happens. So boys and girls, look at me. All right. Give to your own moms, grandmas, any lady that is in your life. Do that first. And then any, all the moms that are still standing, if you will honor them and uh, give them a flower. Our flowers are right here. And we're going to watch a video. Go get a handful of flowers and start handing to moms. If you'll stand now, we need you, we need your help by doing that. And, uh, we will watch the video while the kids give you a flower. Warning. 
Use of this product may alter your perception of reality. Everything looks the same. Guys, can somebody hit me with some juice? And listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Mom goggles. Have fun glamping. What is that? I have no idea. Uh, we got this. Yep. I mean, think about this. The kids are older. Now they practically take care of themselves. Nobody understands me. We're doomed. What did we do the last time they left us alone with the kids? Mom goggles! Those things were so great. I mean, they helped us see things like moms see things. Whatever happened to them? I definitely put them in a place I knew I would never forget. Great! Where are they? I forgot. Uh, computer phone. Order two pair of mom goggles. Ordering two pairs of mom joggers. No. Uh, no. Goggles. Mom goggles. Young lady. I'm so confused on how I'm feeling. I don't even know why I'm angry, but it feels good to yell. What you're feeling is natural. You truly are a gift from God. And I hope you know I'm always here for you. You're the best dad in the world. I'm sorry I don't tell you that more often. I am going to cry like a man child at your wedding. Look at this mess. It is literally a pigsty in here, mister. How are you going to organize your life if you can't organize your sock drawer? First, it's unmatched socks. Then, unfinished homework. Then, kicked out of school. Next, <gasps> jail. <laughs> Thank you. 
how does she process this every day? All right, one more time. Plastic bowls up top, face down, forks up, knives down, plates in the center, pots and pans we wash by hand. Now repeat it back to me. No, I don't think the joggers make you look fat. I've got my dad's thighs. Don't you need the goggles? Yeah. I've seen your mom do this so many times. You have a great mom, you know that. That's great. Mm. Can you hand me the barf bucket? Okay, here, here we go. <laughs> I got your cat out of the dryer. You're welcome. I don't own a cat. How do they do it? Cats? Moms. How do they do all of this without the goggles? They don't need them. <laughs> Moms have this God-given ability. Yeah, it's like no matter what the circumstance, they always see the best version of what their kids can be. Moms are a little glimpse of heaven. Mm -hmm. Is that so hard? Stand as we read God's word together. Be in a couple different places this morning. We'll start in Ephesians chapter 6. Give you a moment to turn there if you want to. Be on the screen as well. Ephesians 6, starting verse 1. Children. Obey your parents and the Lord, because this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And then um, Exodus chapter, chapter 20. Yeah. Exodus 20, starting in verse 1. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above, or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them, and do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the father's iniquity to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will not leave anyone unpunished who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy 
You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female servant, your livestock, or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them in six days. And then he rested on the seventh. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. Honor your father and mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony against your neighbor. Do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And flip over to chapter uh, 34 of Exodus. Verses 6 through 8. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the father's iniquity on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. Moses immediately knelt low on the ground and worshipped. Then he said, My Lord, if I have indeed found favor with you, my Lord, please go with us, even though this is a stiff-necked people. Forgive our iniquity and our sin and accept us as your own possession. Let's pray. Father, how sweet it is to have your word before us, and we're able to read it, we're able to study it. Father, we're thankful that you've revealed yourself to us. You've revealed yourself through your word, you've revealed yourself through your son. And so, Father, we ask that as we continue our gathering this morning, and we we hear your word preached, we study it, we take it to heart, that you would plant it deep within us in the way that only you can do, cause it to bear fruit in our lives, increase our love for your word, increase our love for your son, Jesus, that we may honor you by our obedience our joy may be full in you. And bless this time together. And may we all leave here encouraged, convicted, filled with joy. Father, remind us of the treasure we have in Christ. And while we were dead in our sin, you sent your Son to die in our place. Lord, Focus us now. Help us worship you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Good morning. 
Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Amy Morgan, um, and I'm here. I want to present some information on behalf of Seminole Pregnancy Center. Um, I've been volunteering there since that before they opened, and I can tell you all that it's a wonderful ministry, and we are very blessed to have that in our area. Um, before I continue, I want to share um, some statistics from the Department of Health and um, Hospitals. In the year 2016, just in the state of Louisiana, there were almost 9,000 abortions. 439 of those were from right here in our area. Um, so that's 439 babies that were never given a chance at life. And now there's 439 women that are living with that decision every day. Um, for us, I think it's important that we understand it's not enough to simply tell these women that abortion's wrong and that they shouldn't have an abortion. As a church, we have to do better than what we've been doing. We have to do everything in our power to help and support these women as they face crisis pregnancies and throughout the entire pregnancy. So, Seminole Pregnancy Center was open with that in mind. Um, they opened their doors on December 4th, 2017, and they were able to serve their first client that very same day. Um, their services are provided completely free of charge um, to any woman that's facing a crisis pregnancy. They offer free pregnancy testing, limited ultrasounds, um, clients are able to have consultations and counseling with trained Christian pro-life advocates. They're directed to pro-life community resources and referrals. And most importantly, they're provided with a place to have love and support. Similar Pregnancy Center is determined to see the number of abortions in our area decrease, but it all starts with loving these women first. Unfortunately, these services do not come without cost. It's a nonprofit Christian pro-life ministry, and the truth is financial support is a necessary part of it. Um, so to keep providing these services that protect our mothers and babies, I'm here uh, today on behalf of Seminole Pregnancy Center asking you to consider supporting the ministry through participation in our baby bottle fundraiser. This is an avenue for our community and our church to exercise our pro-life beliefs and for everyone to become involved. By supporting this ministry, you also become a vital part of the pro-life movement in the central Louisiana. So as you leave church this morning, um, at the back doors, that will be um, the baby bottles will be distributed as we leave. So take one or two or three, um, bring it home, and then during the week uh, to come, just fill it up with change, empty your pockets, and then at the end of the day, um, if you have children or grandchildren, this is a great opportunity to get them involved. Um, they can help collect change in it, so definitely get them to help. Um, and as you see in the bottle, there's going to be an information sheet. Um, just please complete it, return it in the bottle along with your donation. Um, you can bring it back here next Sunday. We'll have boxes out front to help collect them. Um, if you're not able to be here, you can drop it off at the church office anytime, or you can bring it directly uh, to the pregnancy center on MacArthur Drive. And that's it. It's really that easy. Um, and not only are you being given the opportunity to support a local pro-life ministry, um, you're also being given an opportunity to reflect on life and how 45 years ago, abortion was made legal by the United States Supreme Court. For 45 years, our country and our people have said it's okay to take the life of an unborn child. And for 45 years, countless mothers, fathers, babies, and families have been affected by this decision. So today, on Mother's Day especially, and in the days to come, please keep some of our pregnancy center 
in your prayers and your thoughts. And please help us support all of our mothers and help protect our babies and love all of our families. So I, along with Pregnancy Center, uh, Seminole Pregnancy Center, thank you for joining us in the fight for life. Wow, what a great day. Give moms a hand. Would you do that? Give moms a hand. Outstanding. I uh, have one of the baby bottles right here. This is uh, what you'll see when you leave today. At all of our exits, you'll have the opportunity to pick one of these up. You can open it up, and inside there are some directions and instructions that you can slide that out. Fill that out, and uh, there's some encouragement there about how and why to give. Uh, also, if you'd like to give by way of something other than putting uh, cash in, if you want to give by check or if you want to give by way of credit, uh, the information is also here, and it'll be a great service to those around us. Uh, one of the things that we as a church are so good at is we uh, are generous, I've never worked with, known, been around anyone more generous than Kingsville Baptist Church. I don't lightly say that. I am quite serious about the generosity. I'm always amazed at what God does. And so this is an opportunity to kind of put our money where our mouth is. You know, we're very strongly pro-life and and words can come easily sometimes, but the actions that it takes to support such an important cause are the things we do in prayer, in ministry, and in giving. And so I want to encourage you to be very generous. Now, uh, Amy talked about putting change in it, but I want to tell you what I want my change to do. I want my change to hold my bills down, okay? Y'all, y'all understand? I think that this cause is bigger than my change, all right? And so all I want to do is I want to let my change hold my bills down. I don't want my bills floating out. And so take it, put some bills in, and then throughout the week, Throw your pocket change in on top of it, or maybe you've got some change sitting around in a piggy bank somewhere that you want to put in. Your children can join in giving both change and bills, and then with doing that, I think we're going to make a great big difference in central Louisiana by providing this beautiful service to moms at a moment of dire crisis. This is tangible love. Let's do well with this. Pray with with me about these bottles. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you now with thanksgiving in my heart that you gave us the Sinla Crisis Pregnancy Center and that in giving it to us, you allowed us to have a place of refuge for moms in crisis. You gave us sweet and godly women to work there and to, to counsel and to comfort and to love and to, to cherish these moms. And you've given us families in our own church who adopt and who foster and who take in moms and love on them and help them with their children. And all of these things are a gift. And so I pray you bless this ministry with great abundance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, 
Today's a weird day for me as you open your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 6. It's, it's weird because um, as far as Sherry and I could count, uh, this makes 34 of our years together and we've never been apart on Mother's Day. But Sherry went up to be with my sister to help with a wedding uh, and then to be with her mom today on Mother's Day. So I feel kind of strange because usually I get the opportunity to honor her in person, and uh, I'm always thankful for her. I'm also in honor of my mom sporting a uh, sunflower tie, because my mom loved sunflowers. So that's sort of a, a call out to the sweetness of my mom pouring into me all of those years. Makes me think of that is really silly little card I heard Chuck Swindoll describe and then later saw. It's a, it's a card with uh, a little boy standing on the front of it. And he's standing there and he's got standard little boy. The hair's kind of messed up. Uh, he's got some band-aids on him. There's some skint knees, an untucked shirt, untied shoes. And he's standing there and, and he says, Mom, every Mother's Day I remember that prayer that you used to pray so often for me, and you open up the little card after the cute picture of the boy, and there's the prayer. It said, Mom, you would say, God help you if you ever do that again. (laughs) I, I think moms have prayed a prayer something like that on more than a few occasions. But with all of the, the levity that we try to have on a day like today, there is a serious issue in honoring our moms. This past week I was kind of listening to some folks honor their mom. Jay Strack, who is uh, an evangelist, had just recently had his mom go to be with the Lord and had posted a very sweet memory of her on his website. And John Piper, who has been sharing for many years the memory of his mom since her passing, interesting thing about both of those men, Jay Strack, the evangelist, and John Piper, the teacher and theologian and pastor, both of them had dads who were full-time evangelists that lived on the road during their young years. Jay Strack's dad traveled all the time and uh, just uh, uh, on, on the road. And John Piper's dad traveled and was on the road all the time. And so um, these guys gave testimonies about their families. And one of the testimonies was how important their mom's character was and her commitment to them during their growing years, while their dad had to be gone for work so much, and the importance of how they poured in and encouraged them in their ministries. And so uh, today we have the opportunity to minister together to our moms, to talk about them, and to honor them. And so we're going to kick off with a passage in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, where, as the Apostle Paul is encouraging families in how to operate, he shares with them that one of the core responsibilities of children is obedience and honor. And he's recalling a text from the Old Testament. And so in Ephesians 6, he talks about obedience in verse 1, and then he says, Honor your father and your mother which is the first commandment with a promise, 
that it may go well with you. So the way that we need to start today in uh, sort of um, uh, putting together, I, I took my my little uh, pointer out. Y'all give me a second. I usually have some help over here to hand it to me. All right. Here we go. Let's see. All right. The starting place for honoring mothers is understanding God's command. When Paul reflects in Ephesians 6 on mothers and fathers, he He's hearkening to the Old Testament. He's actually hearkening to the law, and he's actually hearkening to the Ten Commandments. So let's roll back there for a moment to the book of Exodus and look there in chapter 20 as God lays out the things that clearly identify the people of God and the nature of God. So God is revealing himself, he's telling his nature, and he's telling what the people of God should be like and what all humans should do in response to God's existence and his redemption and his creation and his glory and his goodness. And so he gives that list of ten commands. We know them as the ten commandments. And in the middle of that list... Of the ten things that God makes so clear and raises to such a high level of importance, he inserts the words honor. Verse 12 of Exodus 20. Honor your father and mother. And then he connects it to a blessing, a promise. And that is the abiding promise of inhabiting God's land. That was a privilege given to them. And that privilege seemed to be tied to a kind of obedience that raised God to the highest, holiest place of recognition and lifted human beings created in the image of God to be honored rightly by how we treat them and especially focused on the mom and the dad. Now, this command was given at a time that women were not held in the kind of esteem that they ought have been, very much like today. Back in that day, they didn't have a lot of rights, had some. And they were recognized and affirmed in principle. In other words, if a guy came up against another guy and said something bad about his mama, he would reply with with force. He wouldn't take that lightly. But when he went home, he might treat her in a way as a servant to himself because that's how women were often seen, as servile. And so he may not honor her in anything other than maybe defending her against some sort of charge from someone, but the way he actually treated her within the household may not have been very good. And so God puts this on the radar and says, there has to be this honor that is given to this woman who has such a special place in the sight of God. And so to understand all else that God says to and about women, We have to understand that God himself raised her value by inserting her as an important part of how he saw the people of earth, particularly the people of God, and how they should 
conduct themselves, how they should treat her, how they should elevate her, and he uses the word honor. We're going to see how that word looks in some actions coming up in just a few verses. So stay with me. Number two, we can learn specific ways to honor our mothers by looking to the scriptures for examples. In other words, if God says honor your father and mother, what's that look like if you work that out into life? How does that look? So we'll start with the first example is God. Join me in Exodus chapter 34, just a little bit over from chapter 20. You may wonder why Landon would have read that and why that would be included on a Mother's Day passage, but there's something hidden in the old language of the Bible that's very revealing about God's respect for moms, motherhood, and women. When God introduces himself to Moses in this moment of revelation, God God has been asked by Moses, Moses goes to God and says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God says, you couldn't handle it. If I showed myself to you, you couldn't live. No man can see my face and live. And so what he says is, and we sing about it, he says, I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock I'm going to cover you and I'm going to pass by you. And as I pass by you, I'm just going to let you see the the tail end of my robe as I pass by. That's all you can handle. Just a little glimpse of glory. And so that's what's happening in chapter 34 of Exodus. Moses is begged for it in chapter 33. God's given him in chapter 34. And so... God takes him, he puts him there in the rock, and he's going to pass by in verse 5, Exodus 34, 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed. So now what God's going to do is in passing by him, he's going to reveal a glimpse, but at the same time he's going to describe himself and his character. So listen as God describes his character. I'm only going to tell the introduction of it. He says in verse 6, The Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord. So he's proclaiming the name Jehovah. So he says, The Lord. The Lord God. So he says, Jehovah. Jehovah God. And then what word comes next? What's he say immediately after that? Say it compassionate or merciful. Okay? That's the first word he drops. Now, what's interesting is what that word means. The word is womb. That's how God describes Himself. In the thought of the Hebrew mindset. The place of most guarded compassion in the world was a particular place called a womb. It was when a child inside his mom, her mom, 
was carried, enveloped, safe, warm, fed, nourished, protected. And so that word, God chooses to say, you know what I'm like? I'm like your mama. That's the way I'll explain myself. I'm like the safest place, the most contented place. I'm like the womb. And so he uses a word that means womb. A few times it actually just means woman. Most of the time it specifically refers to the location where a baby is growing, is developing, or if someone is infertile, there is a reference to the Lord closing the womb. And so when we begin looking examples up in the Bible to say, how does God view motherhood, womanhood, He describes Himself in something so intensely personal to a mom who understands those moments and what it's like to carry a baby and what it's like to love the baby before the baby's even seen. All of those sentiments, all of those experiences, God chooses to reveal Himself. First word in His description is this word. It's beautiful. We look further in the Bible for another example and we find two times that Solomon is going to help us. Look in 1 Kings 2.19. 1 Kings 2.19. Solomon is getting a visit. And his mom is coming by. He's the king. Everybody bows to the king. Everyone serves the king. But here in this moment, something beautiful is revealed. Verse 19, 1 Kings chapter 2. So Bathsheba, you know the story of her and David, went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. Now look at Solomon. He says, And the king arose to meet her and bowed before her, and he sat on his throne, then he had a throne set for the king's mother, and she sat on his right. What does the king do? The king bows to nobody. He bows to no one. But in this moment, Solomon gives us a picture of how all of us should honor our mom even at our highest moment, our highest achievement, our highest occupation, our highest moment of recognition. There should be a sense in which we are giving such honor. Here Solomon, king, bows to no one, and yet when his mom comes in to pay him a visit, he bows to her and gives her a seat of honor beside him at his right hand. It's a beautiful picture of tangible honor. She knew that this recognition was meaningful coming from the king who was her son. But Solomon doesn't leave it there. Go to Proverbs 1.8. You'll get another picture there. When Solomon is 
pouring out his proverbs to his children and wanting them to know and grow in the Lord, he makes sure to give honor to the children's mother as a primary instructor in their household. So he says in verse 8 of Proverbs 1, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Solomon knows that he's going to be tending to king's business a lot of the time, and that his wife is going to be training the children, and so he commends to his children's ear the importance of his wife instructing them. Our next example is none other than Jesus. We see Jesus on the cross in John 19. If you'll join me there, in a beautiful moment, the anguish of the cross It is the last thing that he says before his last words, it is finished. It's found in John chapter 19. We'll pick up in verse 25. John 19, 25. Here, on the cross, in the anguish, suffering, the wrath of God... On our behalf, Jesus, our substitute, Jesus who has lived righteously for us and is dying sacrificially as our substitute, has such tender mercy on the cross. And in verse 25 it says, Therefore the soldiers did these things, but there were standing by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. The last act of Jesus on earth, on the cross, was to take care of his mom. Now think that through. He's dealing with the salvation of billions of people. He's suffering the wrath of God. He is crucified. He is, he is incredibly torn. His flesh, his body, he is bleeding out. He is close to death. And he sees his mom. And he looks at her. And he looks at John the disciple and says, Behold your son. And he looks at John the disciple and says, Behold your mother. And what he was doing is he was commending her to his care and to his household so that she would be cared for. And this was a beautiful moment where Jesus is honoring his mother. He's got a lot of things on his mind. But he does in this moment recognize her and commend her to John. Our final example... Well, let me mention this, by the way. I mentioned that Solomon was at, at, our, at the highest. We need to also remember and, and recognize our mom at the lowest. And next, we have Paul. We'll close with him for examples and then mention three statements for moms as we leave. So, join me in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. When Paul 
is explaining to the church how they should look. What the church should be like. What mission work, what ministry should be characterized. He chose some illustrations that were very powerful. And what he did is he showed one of the most tender illustrations on earth. In chapter 2, come all the way down to verse 7. Listen to Paul describing competent, good missionary work in terms familiar to us. He said, verse 7, But we proved to be gentle among you, just like a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Paul chose motherhood as the great example He chose the nursing process as a great example of saying this is how the church should look when we interact with others. And what Paul was doing is he was honoring motherhood by saying the highest compliment you could give gospel ministry is that gospel ministry is like mothering. It is the pouring of yourself out and into someone else for their sake and well-being. And so Paul uses this descriptor. So all through the Bible, there's this wonderful honor given to moms. There's this wonderful honor commanded about moms. And these things are our responsibility. So let's move into three exhortations and encouragements for all moms. So we've spoken about moms. Now, I want to take a moment and just speak to you who are moms or who shall one day be moms. The first thing I want to encourage you in is to find your value in God's sight. Our world has a very messed up view of motherhood and womanhood. You only have to stand in line at the grocery store and see the magazines for just a few minutes to understand There's a warped view of motherhood, beauty, and womanhood. And so I want to encourage you, Mom, to find your value in God's sight. In Proverbs 31.18, there's a beautiful verse about the virtuous woman. It says, she senses her gain is good. What this is, is it is a gift from God to moms who trust Him to understand that what you're doing matters. That your calling to rear children is glorious and fulfilling. Don't be tempted by the way that the world pictures women and motherhood to see from the world or from the world's ways your values and your value. Find in God. Seek from Him to know that your gain is good. Let it be drawn into your heart from Him. In fact, the warning at the end, which is also a praise of Proverbs 31, verse 30 is, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. Now, the interesting thing is that The charm's deceit is what we would call self-deception. It is the temptation for a woman to take her sense of worth from her appearance. 
And that that is deceitful because those things are fleeting and cannot be maintained on this earth. How many of you watched the movie, the cartoon, The Incredibles? Anybody saw that? Yeah, pretty good number. Are you all excited that the new one's coming out? There's The truth is, is you only understand Incredibles if you're middle-aged. The whole thing was about being middle-aged. It was, a, And there's that moment when she's got her new outfit and she sees herself in the mirror. Ladies, do you all remember that? And she turns. you all remember that? And all of a sudden, she's understanding that she's not what she was. And there's this feeling that comes over her in that moment. Now listen carefully. Your mirror and the magazines and mankind cannot give you your sense of value. Please find it in the love of God given to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus loves you and wants to pour into you an incredible sense of worth and accomplishment in himself for you. And so find your value in God's sight. Second, use your influence carefully and cheerfully. Listen to two Three passages in Proverbs. Join me there. These are markable texts. Proverbs 12.18 is where we'll start. And then we'll go to two more passages. Proverbs 12.18 is where we'll start. All three of these passages speak of the incredible power of the influence of a mom, of a woman in a home. In Proverbs 12, verse 18, if you go there. It says, there is one who speaks rashly like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. I'm not sure, I've not been able to measure this, but I don't know if there is a more important mouthpiece in the life of a child than the mom. Perhaps the dad is as important or maybe more, I don't know. But I know that the top two mouthpieces on earth coming into the heart of the child are the mom and the dad. And it seems that mom has an access to a particular part of a child's life and they are able either with their tongue to stab their child or to heal their child. And so there's this very important responsibility in the use of the tongue. If you go now to Proverbs 15.2, just a page or two over, it's similar. It could be coupled with chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. So, Mom, here's a great encouragement to know that your tongue can make knowledge palatable, acceptable, learnable. And so the power of your tongue, very, very strong. And one more, in between those two, in Proverbs 14, verse 1, is just a picture of what that tongue usage And that affirmation from the Lord for value has potential of in a household. It says, the wise woman builds her house, 
but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. There's a lot of power in those words. And so, when we take into these things a woman who is, a mom who is, a lady who is drawing from God her sense of worth, commending that to the children, then we have a house being built up, a tongue that's bringing healing and a tongue that's making knowledge acceptable. So mom, use your influence carefully. And the reason I said cheerfully is that the second in the list of the fruit of the Spirit is the word joy. There should be a joy in these tasks that comes from God Himself when you sense that your gain is good. Now, let me close with one more encouragement for you. Make your life and home gospel-saturated, gospel-serious, and gospel-satisfied. Gospel-saturated means that the story of the gospel should be a normal story in the home. It should be better known inside the house than fairy tales and movies. It should be better known than cartoons. It should be better known than Dora the Explorer. It should be better known than anything else. Gospel-saturated means that the story of Jesus permeates the entire household. And mom, you have the opportunity to saturate your children with gospel story. I love the Jesus story. Book Bible. I think it's a great introduction to Bible reading for children that moves them from milk to meat, and it is a great tool to have the Jesus Storybook Bible. Gospel saturated, tell the story. Second, gospel serious. Why gospel serious? Your children are on a road to eternity. It's more important than where they go to college. It's more important than what their career is. It's more important than where they live now on this planet. Your children, they're headed somewhere. And we want as parents and moms have this opportunity to make the gospel a serious thing because we want our children to hear. Listen to what happened in the life and we close with the text from 2 Timothy chapter 1. Two passages there. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul is writing to young Timothy, a pastor, to encourage him to continue in his ministry. It's his second letter to him. It's an encouragement and it's also kind of a goodbye letter from the apostle who is aging and understands the time of his departure is near. So he's writing out to him and he says... Two things to him about this gospel saturation and gospel seriousness from his own life, the life of Timothy. Look in verse 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 1. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Who's not mentioned here? His dad or his granddad. They're not mentioned. Evidently, this faith 
in God that Timothy was reared under started in grandma and her teaching, passed on to her daughter, and it remained in her and her teaching and passed on to Timothy and now remained in him and his teaching. And then Paul explains it just a little bit further when he goes on in chapter 3, verse 14, to say, Go there. You, however, continue in the things which you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Look at that. Where did he learn that? He learned that from his grandma and his mom. And that faith was passed on to him. And he had a sincere faith. And so, mom, make your gospel home. A gospel of saturation and seriousness. And final word there is satisfied. Mom, there's a lot of temptations in the things of this world. And motherhood is often temporally unrewarding. It's hard. There are times, and you know, I speak of something, I don't have my goggles, I speak of something I don't fully know. But you know, Mom. And you know the strains and the pains. But I want to commend you to be satisfied in Jesus. Everything temporally offered to you in place of Jesus in this world will turn out to be utterly despicable in its dissatisfying nature. Be satisfied if the only reward you will ever have for godly mothering are these few words. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of your master. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. If that is the only reward you ever get, For godly mothering, I promise you will find that it is sufficient. And there will be a joy on that day that supersedes any potential joy you could have ever had on this earth. Long for Jesus' affirmation. Now moms, the only possibility of doing any of this is by a redeemed heart. Just as fathers know, just as everyone knows, just as you know, our own hearts can't do these things. And so faith in Jesus Christ, turning from our sin and believing that God sent His own Son in love for you to live 
without failure, in light of our own failures, to die a death of severe wrath in your place. To be buried and to be raised again from the dead and those who place their faith in Him are granted this glorious eternal life and forgiveness of sins and a capacity to endure any and all hardships on this earth. Mom, if you're not a follower of Jesus, what a great day it would be for you to call on Him to save you, forgive you, and grant these things. Would everyone bow with me for a moment? Mom, pray with me if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior and you're ready and willing and desiring to be saved. Dad, you can do that too. Children, grandparents, young people, ladies who are not moms, you can call on His name too. Pray with me. God in heaven, I know that You're my Creator I know that You love me. And I have sinned against You. But I've heard good news that Jesus took my place and lived righteously the way I should have. And He died under Your wrath the way I should have. That He was buried. That on the third day, He was raised from the dead, having paid for all my sins. I believe that. Would You save me? Would You change me? I pray this in Jesus' name. This morning as we close, I want you to pray today for moms. Asking God to have mercy on them in a world so set against who they are and what they do. Stand. Pray. Come.